Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Vacation with me and my best buddy, Donald Duck. No, silly. With you. Uh, it's Goofy. Give me a big Stop goofing around. In an outrageous full-length animated feature, we'll spend some real quality time together. I think I'm going to be sick. Walt Disney Pictures presents, come on, this is going to be fun. The story of a father who couldn't be closer. That's the spirit, my teeth. This is embarrassing. To driving his son crazy. This is pathetic. Welcome to Rewatchability. It's the podcast where we rewatch old movies and see how they hold up over time. <laughs> it's like you're taking us back in time when you say that. Well, every episode is like time traveling. It's like a little time capsule. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, it could be if you are listening to this in the year 5000 after humanity has disintegrated and like a new civilization has been built up from tribes and the remnants and scraps of humanity. This is a goofy movie. <laughs> it's like, they'll find out how past cultures lived. No. No. no this is just... Well, I think we will find out a little bit. We will learn a lot. But before we get into that, we want to thank our Patreons. Those are the people who give us one, three, five, any amount, really, of money each mm-hmm. month. And that helps us keep the podcast going. And in return, we give you perks like the podcast early, ad-free episodes. Yeah, ad-free is pretty great. Yeah. You don't have to skip through. It's nice. And sometimes there's bonus contents. Like, I'll keep in a few of Blaine's jokes that don't land. <laughs> so, that's just so a nice few of Blaine's you. jokes. That's, that's real, so nice of you, man. Yeah. The ones that you don't laugh at, just stare at me and shake your head. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash rewatchability to check that out. Yeah, please do. Now, we are talking about a goofy movie, which is maybe a curveball for <laughs> some people. I know it wasn't a big movie for a lot of people, but I do think it has a connection for some people. We were originally going to talk about this with a guest, and that fell through, so now we're stuck with it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it was about father-son stories, right? And now we we both don't have kids no. So, well, we can talk to the to the kid side of it, I guess. Yeah. The son's story. I was excited to talk about this movie because I did see it when I was younger. And oh. I was sort of fascinated by the way that they took literally the stupidest character <laughs> in the Disney catalog, except for maybe the fucking horse. Horace Horse? I don't remember. <laughs> There's a bunch of also rands out there, but they basically took Goofy and Mm. made him into a character with emotions. Like a heart? Yeah. Yeah, it was very nice. And and the whole construction of the movie is really great, too, with like the son worried that he's going to turn to his father. It's very complex for a movie starring, uh, I don't know what he is. Is he a dog? I don't know. (laughs) It's a dog. Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. But it's a strange animal. Anamorphic dog? Yeah, with weird buck teeth and long ears. It always confused me that Pluto and Goofy existed in the same universe. Like, Yeah, but one was been... a pet and one was like a person. Yeah, like is it some sort of case system or was there <laughs> like a mutation? Like is Pluto just forced to walk on all fours? <laughs> he just wants to stand up and have a beer every once in a while. Down, Pluto! <laughs> Get down. I'll whip you again. Oh, no. No, Mickey. No, no. Mickey wouldn't do it. Walt would. Walt, Walt would. definitely yeah. would. 
So a goofy movie, Blaine. When was the first time that you saw a goofy movie? I saw this for the first time three weeks ago when we were supposed to do this for the first time. Yeah, and uh, we've been putting this off for a couple of weeks. So I've I watched it again last night. So Good. I did rewatch this movie Excellent. over the span of three weeks. And we're going to talk about what changed for you <laughs> between now and then. How my perspective changed. So you didn't see this when you were younger. I did not see this when I was younger. It was off my radar. I didn't really know about this movie. Like I'd I'd heard inklings, but it was never a movie that was even kind of a cult movie on the radar for me. Okay. A lot of people, they didn't talk about this movie. They talked about, like, the golden... They were afraid to talk about this movie. <laughs> yeah, man. We're, we're, we're not afraid. We're no. there. We're, we're talking about it. No, I, there, there was a golden age of Disney, and I liked some movies kind of on either side of that golden age, like uh, The Emperor's New Groove. Okay. So great. We should talk about that sometime. Sure. But this was a little too far outside the golden age, so okay. I, didn't, I didn't really see it. But you had seen it. Yeah, I saw it. I mean, this movie was sort of spun off of the TV show Goof Troop, which had Goofy. He's a single dad. (laughs) Yeah. He has a son named Max. And it's all about the trials and tribulations of single fatherdom when you are a cartoon. (laughs) (laughs) When you can do anything as a single father and you don't really have any, you know, there's not a lot of obstacles in your way because you're a cartoon. Yeah. They talk about those issues. You know, you have to be the <laughs> good nice. cop and the bad cop, and you have to worry about a piano falling on your son. Exactly. It's tough. Falling it's tough off out a cliff. There for yeah. single dads. Cartoon dads. So I did see this movie when I was younger. I don't remember the exact circumstances. It might have been, I think we probably rented it. It may have come in the clamshell. And I didn't really think of it very often after that. I remember enjoying it. Then I think a few years later, I saw that some kids had sort of recreated the Goof Troop intro in live action. Like they dressed up as the as a dog. No, like they just they did dressed up as like if they were people, and then <laughs> just did the intro. Weren't they people? No, they're not people. They're dogs. They're dog people. <laughs> no, no, sorry. Like the kids dressed up as if the dog people were people. That's what you're saying. They just dressed up as people. Okay. Oh my god. So and they did the they recreated the intro. Yeah, they recreated the intro and it was impressive. It was like that period of the early internet where people remaking their favorite pop culture things was interesting. Right. Yeah. And so that that got you back into the movie? Well, it just made me think about it. And then there was a few other things and I hadn't really thought about it, but I do remember it being a movie that had like an emotional core that resonated with me. Right. So I wanted to watch it again. So did, did you watch this with your family? Was it a, a thing that you watched and you were like, I want to go fishing? I don't remember, though. No? I do want to go fishing. <laughs> I'll take you fishing. Yeah? Like, yeah. Okay. Catch and release, though. You te- oh, I'm a vegetarian. On. I'm sorry. I- oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Morals get in the way of having fun. But, yeah, I like this movie. Also, I watched it. The first time I rewatched it for this podcast with my girlfriend, mm-hmm. and she loved this movie. Like, Whoa. she was so excited. She, like, texted her sister. It was like I got her an expensive piece of jewelry. <laughs> I've never experienced that feeling. <laughs> she was, like, thankful for you in the relationship, and you were like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was very excited to talk about this movie, the Goofy movie, and maybe. Expose it to the people. What? <laughs> Expose myself to people. No, no, no. The, the movie, the movie you're talking about. I think that there's a lot there and we will discuss it and hopefully we'll make a few goofs out of this podcast. <laughs> okay, we should – so goof is, is, a, is a term that is like a – Sorry? It's, it's a prison term. Right? Well, it just means like not a term in prison, but it's a it's a term used in prison. It means you're silly, like you're like a nincompoop or you're klutzy. No, though I I grew up in in Kingston, Ontario, so I grew up in like a prison town, and you probably know this already, Rob. You're just you're just playing the why? Because innocent... I've been in prison. <laughs> no, I did my time. You, weren't you like a junior I paid lawyer? My cri- <laughs> <laughs> I paid my debt to humanity. <laughs> To hum- what did you do <laughs> to all humanity? I strangled Mickey Mouse. Uh, that was <laughs> that's a boon. That's to humanity. why you haven't seen him lately. Yeah. <laughs> so, but in the prison system, it's it's a it's, it's a term for uh, for someone. It's a pedophile. Oh, yeah. 
It's the worst thing you can be called in prison. And they had a cartoon called The Goof Troop. So it must have been hard getting out of prison, going home, and like being like, "Son, what are you watching?" It's like the Goof Troop, and you're like, "Okay, <laughs> maybe maybe watch some." Yeah, else. I knew a guy in the Goof Troop. <laughs> oh God! We came up to him in the library, slit his throat <laughs> with this shank that I smuggled out. We're framing it. Yeah, it's like the worst thing you can be called in prison. Well, and that sort of casts this movie in a whole different light. Yeah, I, <laughs> I wanted to change how we saw this movie right from the get go. It's uh, it's going to be a hard movie to talk about now. Well, thanks a lot, Blame, for ruining the Goofy movie for me <laughs> and everybody. <laughs> no, it's fine. We know that Goofy is an innocent, nice dad. He's a good dad, and we see that a lot in this in this. I hope so. Movie. I mean, yeah. we always like to associate, whenever we have a wholesome character like Goofy, mm-hmm. we like to imagine that there's a, a unseemly underbelly. Yeah. Yeah, why do we do that? We're kind of like mean to the innocent. Like Mr. Rogers and that whole doc... Everyone was just wanted to see the doc to wait to see the bottom drop out of it. Is that why people watched it? I don't know. A lot of – I kind of watched it that way. I was like, what did he do? <laughs> they made a doc about him. He must have done something. And, yeah. and then you watch it and you're like, oh, he was just a – this is a good guy. That's pretty much the way. But the next Mr. Rogers doc, all will be revealed. <laughs> so do you want to run down the movie? I sure do. It starts in a strange way with Goofy's son's wet dream. God, we're already destroying this movie. It is. He he's having a fantasy about this girl that he likes at school. Yeah, his crush, Roxanne. Roxanne, who is literally on a pedestal in this dream, mm-hmm. in a wheat field, mm-hmm. in the Elysium fields. Yeah, yeah. You can already tell that this is a more grown-up goofy <laughs> by putting women on pedestals. Is that well? I mean. By having any sort of sexual nature. I mean, I don't think of Goofy as a sexual being, despite no. what you might have learned in prison. <laughs> no, but people... I, he may have been chemically castrated, for all I know. Well, that's why his voice is so high. Of course! <laughs> Holy yuck. Uh, that hurt oh, a lot. No. Oh, that's dark. It is It is really dark. Yeah, what do we turn this into? Yeah, but he... he it, he has this crush on this girl, and he's in fact late for something. We don't know what it is yet, but his dad is embarrassing him and getting in his way, and he's got to get to school because he's planning to disrupt the assembly mm-hmm. with this. <laughs> that sounds so communist. Disrupt <laughs> the assembly. <laughs> no, he's going to be doing like a concert in the assembly to like impress people. Well, yeah, I wouldn't call it a concert. He's like lip syncing in a costume of yeah. this character Powerline. Right. Who is like this like a sort Michael of, Jackson type character. Yeah. And he's all doing this to impress Roxanne because mm. as he sings in his song on the way to school, she just doesn't see him. Well, that's how we all feel. Yeah, I, that is the archetype of the, the teenage boy. Yeah. I don't get noticed by girls. Everything's so bad. The Ethan Embry, like, one girl fixation thing. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's a weird song, too, because it's awfully possessive for a Disney character. He's like, well, I mean, except maybe Gaston. He's like, <laughs> she'll be mine. <laughs> if she's dating someone else, I'll kill him. She'll be mine. No, it's a little more innocent than that. It's, uh, you know, he... Barely. <laughs> but he He's does... still projecting all of this stuff onto this girl. But he does the big assembly thing, and mm-hmm. it's sort of a big success until it gets shut down by the principal. Yeah. However, it seems to have worked. The girl, Roxanne, notices him. Yeah, when he's sitting waiting for the principal to yell at him, Roxanne is there to talk to him. Doesn't matter. It's a, her voice is a sweet balm to his guilty soul. <laughs> That's very nice. That's very poetic. But she even helps him up after he falls outside, but he gets embarrassed because he makes the goofy yuck sound. He goes, yeah. yuck? Well, that's part of his wet nightmare at the beginning. He turns into his dad, so we kind of like physically see the fear that he has yeah. throughout this movie. that He's going to become a, a walking, talking dog. Yeah. Wait, he is already. Never mind. And I don't know about you, but that for sure fucking resonated with me. (laughs) 
Really? Were you afraid of turning into your dad when you were? I'm still fucking afraid of turning into my dad. <laughs> oh, no. no offense, dad, if you're listening. I know you're not. <laughs> oh, God. You didn't choke my Just little take league game. Me fishing. <laughs> No, so you didn't. You don't. You don't want to become your dad. That's like. Uh, well, I think that when you're growing up, especially, there is a tendency to view your parents as a little goofy <laughs> or annoying. Like yeah. think about like yeah. think about how we look at dads in society. Like dad jokes, dad jeans, dad rock, dad bod. It's all sort of like yeah, derogatory dad out. Yeah, it's like not very funny. <laughs> Right, it's a yeah. little bit like lame, but trying too hard. Button up flannel jeans and just kind of standing there. Exactly. Yeah. Like, do you want to turn into that? No, no, I don't want to turn into that. I will. I probably already am that. But uh, well, I, don't I think want there's to turn a certain age where you embrace that. But yeah. for you Matt's no goof, yeah, this poor goof of you know 15 or so, he doesn't want to become that. He doesn't want to turn into the yuck yuck. Yeah. Well, and his dad is embarrassing. Like, his dad is, like, big and always tripping over the things and vacuuming power line up and, you know. He is literally goofy. (laughs) He is. He is the embodiment of of goofydom. Yeah. That's true. He's the god of goof. (laughs) Right. Exactly. He actually works in, like, a Walmart portrait studio. Yeah. And there's this other guy who works with him, Pete. Hmm. who I guess is his boss, and he's always trying to give him, like... Biff Tannen, basically. Yeah. Yeah. He's always telling him how to raise his fucking kid. Yeah, you can't do that, goof. You gotta keep him under your thumb. (laughs) Like that totally cool Rolling Stones song, which isn't at all abusive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and, and that guy's son is Max's best friend. Yeah, that's right. His best friend. And he tells him that he's gonna go on a fishing trip, and that time that he spends together will cause his boy to go down the right path. Right. Where are you going? Camping! Nothing like the great outdoors to strengthen the bond between a father and a son. Oh, Max would never go for anything like that. I don't know, Ooh, Goof. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Something's wrong when a kid won't spend time with his parents. Well, for all you know, he's running around with some gang and stealing stuff and causing riots. And... Oh, Max is a good kid. He'd never get mixed up in something like that. Goofy. He doesn't think he has anything to worry about mm-hmm. until the principal calls and says that Max has been in trouble and he's he's wearing gang clothes and he almost <laughs> caused a riot and he's probably going to be sent to the electric chair. And he didn't really pull off the moonwalk. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. the worst offense, I think, there. <laughs> yeah, so- and nobody even tried to stop him. <laughs> And Goofy's- At least he didn't put on – well, I mean, we'll have to talk about it later. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Goofy is kind of worried that his son is going to go to prison. Yeah. Well, that's what the – you know. He's very concerned that he's going to be set off on the wrong path. So mm. he decides that he's going to take Max on a fishing trip. But Max already kind of has a date to the dance with Roxanne because he – you know, she talked to him and they're both shy. It's not a dance. It's a party. And at the party, they're going to watch the Powerline concert, the very musician that he was imitating. Right. It's a very sweet scene. He gets up the courage and asks her to the party, and she says yes. And you're like, yeah, Maxie, you didn't need to disrupt a school assembly, though I guess you did. Yeah, because she thinks you're cool now. Just be yourself, but don't be yourself. Be Powerline. No, no, get into that suit again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, and I feel like it should like have a little more cachet with her because he did this whole big dance, and it was actually really good because he's a cartoon and you can pull it off. Yeah. But – it doesn't really have cachet with her because when he goes to tell her that he can't go to that party with her anymore, she's like, I'll just go with someone else. And I was like, "You? he already impressed you. Does he need to do any more? You should have checked his availability. Check your G-Cal, goof. <laughs> Didn't, <laughs> his dad is using G-Cal? We don't know what kind of games Max is playing with her. You know, like that, that could be like some sort of negging strategy. Right. Oh, she read the game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's right. She's She initially says that she will just go with somebody else, mm-hmm. and Max sort of freaks out and starts, like, building up this lie. He says, oh, well, we're going because my dad was in a band with Powerline, and we're going to be on stage to sing with Powerline. And so she's like, oh, okay. 
I won't take anyone else because you've impressed me more, right? Yeah. And then uh, and then I'll see you at the party on gaslighting. <laughs> I don't know. If that, is that the term? I don't know. Okay. We're just going to use G words the entire way through this. <laughs> I think it counts as gaslighting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. A goofy movie is a portrait of toxic masculinity writ large. I mean, I think, yeah, okay, it's not at all. It's about two men trying to connect, you know, in a world where men are taught to hold their emotions inside. Oh. That's that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So Max and Goofy go down the road. Mm-hmm. They go on their trip, and it's... There's some songs. Yeah, there's like this big open road song that's a lot like the La La Land song, except mm. that traffic is moving. <laughs> right. Good. They also go to Lester's Possum Posse Jamboree, where yeah. Max gets embarrassed, gets a possum down his pants. Yeah. Which, let me tell you. Oh, yeah. You've had a possum down your pants? Less than pleasant. <laughs> yeah, and Goofy kind of embarrasses him there, too, and he doesn't want to be there anymore. So they go back to the car, get out of there, and they go camping that night. To Goofy, this trip is... It's part of a whole goofy tradition. Like, he talks about this, like, he's been going with his gr- father and his grandfather, and he even has this map. Yeah. Which has been passed on. This mythical map. From generation to generation. And he's like, when Max touches it, he's like, careful, Maxie, you'll wrinkle my past <laughs> and our future. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He's really intense about that map. I think there's more on that map than just their their plants. I think there's, like, some treasure hidden on the yeah, map. Yeah, some, something. like, old playboys in the woods. Yeah, exactly. The stash. Yeah, ah, that confuses me, too, what would be in those mags. Anyway, let's not talk about that. <laughs> well, they're camping. Pete and PJ show up in their, like, giant RV. Yeah. And Pete once again sort of tells Goofy that he's got to be, like, stricter with him and, you know, boss him around. Mm. Even though Goofy says that it doesn't really – hasn't really been working and everything's been better when they've just been hanging out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's actually kind of connecting with his son a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then he teaches him how to fish. Perfect cast. Yeah, the perfect cast, which comes back a lot in this movie. I mean, it's his power move. <laughs> it is. If he was, like, a Mortal Kombat character, that'd be his, like, finishing. Well, I think he is. Like, isn't Goofy... I- I've never played that Kingdom Hearts games. Have you played those? Oh, no, I haven't. Is he... <laughs> he is in is there. He? Okay. What's? Oh, I don't want to know his power move anymore. <laughs> the perfect cast. <laughs> the perfect cast. Uh, so, he shows the perfect cast, and he they find Bigfoot. Yeah. Which is this weird kind of like out of left field thing in this movie. I was like, what is this movie doing? Yeah. What's going on in this movie? Yeah. But Bigfoot sort of helps bring them together because they sort of get trapped in the car overnight because Bigfoot is basically sleeping on the roof. And the only food they can get is alphabet soup. So Goofy gets the alphabet soup and reminisces about this time about when Max was younger and he used to write cute little things. Oh, that's nice. Like... What does he say? Ambidextrous? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, they say a lot of words. Max is kind of like, messing with them a little bit. Like, hi, dad. Yeah. And then when they have the soup, he leaves little hi, dad for him. <laughs> That's very nice. Did you, do, did you do anything like that when you were a kid? Like, little cute things for, for your parents? Well, you know, I remember when, like, you know, when you had to do, like, Father's Day cards or whatever in uh, school or whatever. Oh, yeah. My dad was big into CB radios. Oh, okay. So I made one with, like, him with a CB radio on it. Oh, wow. That's nice. Yeah. And I even, like, drew the mustache. The way the mustache on your dad? <laughs> and the CB the, radio. The CB radio. Yeah. Yeah, there was an old-timey CB so I radio. Guess, I guess, like, that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know. That's nice. Yeah. I always associate the mustache with my dad because he always had the mustache. I feel like that's like such a dad thing, you know? Yeah. Well, like 70s dad thing. Yeah. Well, now I think if you become a father, you should consider growing a mustache. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. A lot of people with mustaches, people, you know, call them goofs. So, (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the problem. That's the problem now. You see a mustache? I don't know. That's that's actually kind of a problem. I uh, sometimes like grow my beard out and then I shave it down to just the mustache. And I look all right in a mustache, but I can never wear it. I could never pull off the mustache. Yeah. But so they repair their relationship, and Max is going to write the truth to Roxanne on a postcard, tell her that they aren't going to the Powerline concert. He's not going to be on stage. He's basically a big fucking liar. Yeah. 
And then the devil visits him. <laughs> the In the form of Donald Duck. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, the glove compartment unfolds and the red the red devil <laughs> the glove compartment is there. Yeah. And it's like, change the map, Max. It's very dramatic. It yeah. is. And he, he changes the map so that it goes to L.A. And then to make it even worse, in like this big sort of showy ceremony, Goofy makes Max the keeper of the map. Yeah, the navigator. For the rest of the trip. A lot of responsibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is where it gets really heartbreaking because later they meet up with Pete and PJ again. And Pete overhears Max telling PJ that he changed the map. Yeah, which is more of like a confession to his friend being like, I don't know why I did it. Like, did I do the right thing? Mm -hmm. But Pete, oh, man, he likes to use that. Yeah, to prove that he's like the better dad. He tells Mm -hmm. Goofy. Yeah. And Goofy, of course, being so naive, trusts <laughs> his son. He's like, Max, he would never do anything like that. The funny thing is, is Goofy plays the part of what we thought our parents were. Like, I thought that my mom, like, didn't know what I was doing as a teenager. Like, I thought she was completely innocent to all mm, of that stuff. Oblivious. Exactly. And then, you know, years later, I'd be like, ah, oh, mom, you know, I smoked pot. And she's like, yeah, I knew. Like, you came home reeking of pot. Of course I knew. So I, I feel like, yeah, this is kind of like what kids see their parents as this innocent person that they could hurt by, like, you know, doing the wrong thing. For sure. And that's a really bold choice, I think, for this movie to make. Like, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of films, animated or otherwise, where the kids make bad decisions yeah. and then have to, like, live with their guilt, which is a thing that kids do all the time. Like, Oh, yeah. And that's know, how they learn. Like, that's how you learn to become a better person. Yeah. Because yeah. when you have no power, you act out in ways well and you try to you try to get some and here he tries to like control his own life which is fair because Mm. he's probably old enough to do that yeah i don't know though what his game plan is past like i drew on the map so it points to la what the fuck are you gonna do when you get there you're gonna stroll down hollywood boulevard and deal with all those fuckers in superhero costumes what are you gonna do you're gonna go to the powerline concert you don't have tickets (laughs) no no uh, they they don't need tickets in this movie they just they just sneak in but also doesn't goofy like see the signs for like la wouldn't he see all those signs be like i think we're going the wrong way son yuck yeah well i guess he assumes that his dad's just just a big old goof (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it it does get worse, though, because Max keeps on making the wrong decision. He kind of yeah. doubles down on it. Yeah, when they're driving down the highway, mm-hmm. like, Goofy has looked at the map. He, he at the in the end, he, he yeah. can't trust his boy. No. And so he knows. Well, he's like, the, the- here it comes, Maxie. Here's the intersection. <laughs> left or right. Left means you love your dad. <laughs> right means the electric chair. <laughs> Here you go, Navigator. Just follow my route on the map, son. Okay. Um. Here comes our junction. Okay, Max, now this is it. Left or right? And he, chooses yuck, the yuck. Elect- <laughs> and he chooses the electric chair. Yeah. yeah. Goofy, you know, pulls off to the side of the road. He's really disappointed in his son. That's right. He's not mad. He's disappointed. Oh, that's the worst. That's like the most passive aggressive thing parents do. And I never thought that I would be so sad for Goofy. Yeah. Like, but like his disappointment in his son. Like this is a character who is best known for getting rakes in his face. Okay. Okay, yeah. Rakes. Like, one time. That happened one time, Rob. And now he's the rake face It happened guy. one twenty-three times. <laughs> but here he is with this really hard and complex thing to deal with. I know. And like loving with... his son and being disappointed and feeling like he's failed as a father and not knowing what to do. Well, he certainly failed as a driver. He didn't put the parking brake on at all. And the car careens off a cliff and they go with it. Yeah, that's right. And... Yeah, goes off the cliff, goes into the like the lake. They end up like floating down the lazy river for a whole long time. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, 
Max basically saves Goofy by using the perfect cast. The perfect cast. And yeah. really, isn't the perfect cast Polly Shore as <laughs> Max a guy that Goofy's just friend? loves cheese? Yeah. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah, but he uses the perfect cast and then he saves his dad and all is better. Yeah. And then his dad is like, what did you want to do in the first place? Which is what he should have been asking his son. And then they go to the, the concert and they break onto stage and they dance. Yeah. It's so like time. a whole big routine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like they completely float over whatever happens between them, their car getting destroyed and almost dying and then being on stage in the Powerline concert. Like it's a, it's a non-event them sneaking on stage to this massive, huge concert. And then apparently nobody cares. Powerline is just like, oh, two weird fucking dog dudes dancing with me, acting like they're going fishing. Okay, I'm cool with that. Yeah, well, Max doesn't even want to sneak onto stage in the first place, but then he's, he's like the backup dancers and is like, all right, I'm a horny teenager. It's very, it's all, it gets really weird at this point. For sure. Yeah. But Roxanne sees him. Uh, Polly Shore falls in love with Brace's dog. Mm-hmm. And everyone kind of lives happily ever after. Well, except Max does go back after and he admits, confesses yeah. that he lied to her, even though he was on the concert and it did all work out. And she says that she liked him anyway. She liked him as soon as she heard his goofy laugh. He'll Aww. hug? That's nice. She liked him for who he's going to turn into be. Yeah. You know? Which is really what you have to do with a partner. Oh, Look man. at their parents. <laughs> no, that's such an old, awful, misogynistic trope. Oh yeah, no, that's like that's like small town wisdom right there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not great. No, no. Uh, but in Max's case, yeah, she's gonna turn into her dad. Yeah, yeah. Well, her dad's scary. Her dad is like seven times her size. It almost reminds me of Jenny's dad in Forrest Gump. <laughs> You're my girl, Jenny. <laughs> it's so weird. But that's that's the goofy movie. Mm-hmm. It's a wild ride. We had fun. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're going to – I have a goofy laugh. I just realized I am I am goofy. That's that's it. Yeah. We're going to come all back goofy. And, and talk. Do you have trivia? I have all sorts of trivia. Oh, my – I can't wait. And things to talk about. I cannot wait. And we'll do all of that after the break. Miriam Bilal, Miriam, I don't know. <laughs> Jesus Mia Bilal. <laughs> is she in it? No. Okay. No. <laughs> Who are the two characters from that show I never saw in it? The two uh, Blossom actors are Jenna Von Oy, who plays Stacy. Oy, and, I didn't get that. And she played Blossom's best friend, Six. Uh, okay. And... Also, like, the hot... Blossom have five other best friends? She had five other best friends who died. Oh, my God. She's cursed. <laughs> Don't go near Blossom. 
And also, one of the background characters was voiced by Joey Lawrence. Whoa! <laughs> Wait, he got relegated to a background character? Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. Well, you know. <laughs> we were overexposed with Lawrences at the time, with little Matthew Lawrence and... Right. Uh, Jennifer yeah. Lawrence. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's so, right. Yeah, yeah. She was the third Lawrence brother. Oh, and the one of Arabia? Yes. Yeah, they were all over the place. Great, great Lawrence. Uh, poor Joey Lawrence. Okay, that wasn't one of my official okay. trivia questions. Okay, this good. one, I want to talk, you know, I, I did at- no research, so I'm, I'm fresh. I'm coming to this fresh. Well, luckily, some of this could be a general launch, because I looked at the character and oh. oeuvre of Goofy. Wow, okay. The overarching Goofy narrative. <laughs> and the role that Goofy has played in our contemporary society. Wow. So where does he figure into the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Wow. <laughs> I'm, he's got to be in there somewhere. I believe that uh, he's going to uh, kill Thanos in the next movie. <laughs> right. be like, yeah. oh, gosh, Iron Man. <laughs> What's this goblet? <laughs> <laughs> Just pick up Thor's hammer and, yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. So my first question is, Goofy debuted in 1932 in Mickey's Review, but he wasn't originally called Goofy. What was Goofy's original name? Oh, uh, oh man, he, he's a dog. I'm gonna say like something like <laughs> Doggy. No, no, Dapper the dog. Or no, uh, you're so far off. You're so. It was a Dippity Dog. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, I'm so close. <laughs> Missed it by a mile. I was so close. Dippity Dog. And I think I even caught a Dippity reference dog. to Dippity Dog in this movie where Goofy says something about hippity dippity. Oh. Yeah. There's a lot of references in there. Yeah. Like we talked about seeing Mickey and Donald on the road. Yeah. Also, at one point, Goofy is placating a child in the Photoshop. Yep. And he uses a stuffed Bambi. I mean, it's basically fucking Bambi. Yeah. That's kind of cruel to use to a kid being like, hey, this is an orphan. <laughs> like just showing off this poor kids this poor- love. Bambi doll. What? Okay, so you're saying that people who have lost parents can't be heroes? <laughs> that, wow, Blaine. That, that is a Controversial, lot. bold, hot take here on rewatchability. <laughs> but I want to hear you out. Tell me how people who have lost parents can't be comforting to other people. <laughs> Talk about jumping to conclusion, Rob. <laughs> uh but yes, I do think that. I no, no, I don't at all. Obviously, so he, who was that kid in the in the digging pictures? She's part of, just part of the Disney thing. No, I don't know. <laughs> okay, sweet. It was, but the, you know, there's other. There's also I don't know if you noticed. There's a there's two Ariels from the Little Mermaid in yes. Goofy movie. Yeah, I saw that. One, she's like a prop backstage at the assembly, and the other one, she's like a sexy light switch. To be honest, her character in her actual movie wasn't too much different. Sexy light switch? Yeah, wasn't too much different from that. Plain. I'm just saying she was kind of underwritten. That's all. Okay, well, we haven't done The Little Mermaid on rewatchability, but someday we'll have to just so I can fucking take you to town. I will drown you in the sea, mister. Oh, my God. Call me Ursula. See if my opinions have any legs. (laughs) But I do think it's weird that one of the two instances, she does seem like weirdly sexualized. And I think the women in this movie, while we're talking about it, are bizarrely sexualized. I did one bit, of, like I, I looked up Goofy movie uh, on Reddit, and one of the first things that came up was just like hot, hot pics of of that Goofy of Roxanne. Oh my god! And I was like, this is I'm getting out of here. I'm not doing any more research. Do you think there's some like rule forty nine of this or whatever rule it is? <laughs> I'm sure there were a lot of rules broken with Roxanne on the internet. There is something the there's something weird about the way that they're animated in this movie. Like in particular women are like all pendulous and hippie and breasty, especially like Roxanne. Yeah. And there's another hot girl that is in the background who at one point is like all over Max after he does the assembly. Oh yeah, thing. and Roxanne's friend is like, "No, he's Roxanne's." But I have never seen a more complete 
version of the male gaze in animation. <laughs> Wait, that's not, that can't be true. First of all, well, maybe not entirely true. Thinking about some like Robert Crumb shit or, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it's, it it's is bizarre. Every, every yeah. and sexualized, which is strange for a Disney film. Strange for a Goofy film. Yeah, every every animated girl in this movie is a little thirsty. Like even the excuse me, even the the woman on the in the road trip is, is like that big woman with the small dude. Right, she's like, hey, yeah, we're gonna go to town. It's very much like all the women are very into sexualized and into sex in this yeah. movie. They don't really have a character outside of that. Roxanne just wants him to be cool enough to, to date. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah. that Yeah, for sure. It's it's weird that it way. Is. Okay, great. so my second question. Okay. How many Oscars has Goofy been nominated for? Oh, wow. How many Oscars? This movie in particular? Or or just no. over. this movie was snubbed. I know. I think it was right? it was a big year. I can't remember what else was coming out in 1995. Oh, like Saving Private Ryan. It was just yeah. really snubbed. Okay, for political reasons. I'm gonna say that it was probably it, Goofy's probably been nominated for some animated in animated categories. Let's say twice. Oh, you got it. Really? Yeah. Yes. Twice. I, there was a whole series of goofy cartoons in the 50s where he was sort of playing this George Geef sort of character. Uh, <laughs> Wait, George Geef? Yeah. Not George Goof. He was more of like an upper class goofy. Oh, okay. But one of the ones that won or that was nominated for the Oscar was How to Play Football, which is Oh yeah. Yeah, and it's just like That's famous. It's, a bazillion goofies. Yeah. It's it's famous. Goofy is a landmark icon in American mm. cinema. Yeah. But then go to Disneyland and all the kids just want to meet Mickey. Yeah. You know? well, fuck Mickey. Well actually not anymore. They want to meet Elsa. Uh, that's the truth that's the truth right? yeah yeah fair so okay so final question 1995 was also a big year for <laughs> <laughs> I love this, the setups of these questions they're so professional for Wallace Shawn's voice acting career oh what other Disney related character did he voice this same year oh good question Talk about Wallace Shawn. He plays the principal here. Yeah. Did you ever read or see his play? I fucking love all his plays. (laughs) They're so good. I met Wallace Shawn in New York. Whoa, really? Yeah, we went down to see his play The Fever, which he was performing. And it was really great because it's all about like class complicity and how rich people are stupid. But anyway, (laughs) at the beginning of the play, they serve like champagne on stage. And it was Wallace Shawn on stage with champagne having champagne with you inconceivable yeah that's amazing and then after the play i shook his hand and told him that it, it blew my mind because it did it was amazing of course he's so talented yeah he's like he's like the guy the i don't know I, I guess woody allen's talented at some point but he's like the nicer woody allen i'd say yeah i mean but, i i really respect wallace sean as like an intellect and as a writer and i really i loved his plays when i was in university yeah. i think he's like one of the best playwrights and and lemon so good for sure the yeah. designated mourner mm-hmm. I did a reading of that. It was great. Anyway, the yeah. point is, is that you haven't answered the fucking question. <laughs> oh, God. You can't, you can't distract me by talking about Wallace Shawn's I theatrical for, career. For at least two minutes, I could. <laughs> he, he's, of course, Vincini in Princess Bride. Yeah. He's, he's the inconceivable guy. He, ah, oh, man, that's a good question. Can't think of anything else that he did in 1995. That, okay. Please, inform me. He is the voice of Rex in Toy Story. Oh, of course. Yeah. What an asshole. All right. <laughs> Sorry, that was to me. That, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't to you. Yeah, that's great. He was great in that. He was great. And, of course, he th- does all the voices. But this was when his voice career was really starting to take off. He was also in The Incredibles. He played the boss there. Yeah. And he was in Clueless the same year. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was doing well. Good year for him. Yeah. And that's my trivia questions. Okay, that was good trivia. That was good trivia. Yeah. I got one. We got Look, one out of three. And I got really close to the other one. Oh, my God. Really close. You, 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 almost, you almost got it on a goof. It's <laughs> <laughs> very true. So we'll talk about some of the behind the scenes of this movie. So 
one of the big things about this movie was the music. One of the things that yeah, there were a few songs in this movie. Yeah, there were not only the sort of like Disneyfied sing along songs like "On the Open Road" and. Uh, Lester's Posse Prairie Emporium. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, Today's the Day kind of song. The but there were also some contemporary songs, like the Powerline songs were as close to contemporary pop songs as as they could be at the time. And you sort of mentioned that the character seemed like it was sort of based off Michael Jackson, and it sort of was to a point. Mm. I got but the character that it was more based on was, in fact, Bobby Brown. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Okay. But what happened at the time, he, he was on his rise. He had just had his first or second big solo album. He had married Whitney Houston. Yeah. A Goofy movie was supposed to be his The Bodyguard. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Knowing what happened to the relationship. It's just awful. Yeah. yeah. I don't want it to be based off of Bobby Brown anymore. <laughs> well, he checked himself into the Betty Ford Clinic for substance abuse. Yeah. At least he was trying to get help at the time. And so they recast him with somebody else. I think his name is Tevin Campbell. <laughs> Wait, Tevin? <laughs> yeah, Tevin. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. It's That's a, a strange name, name but yeah. I would say it's not good to make fun of people's names. No, we had a whole segment once where we did that. Yeah, because, uh, you know, names bad. are sometimes part of a cultural context. It's true. Which leads us to the next part of the behind the scenes, mm-hmm. which isn't really behind the scenes. This is in front of the scenes. One of the things that the Goofy movie has sort of become known for since it has been released, it wasn't a huge movie when it was released. It didn't make a whole lot of movie. There is a sequel, an extremely Goofy movie. But other than that... The where co- can they even go from there? The extremely, the more extreme goofy movie sponsored by Doritos. You can't, it can't, you can't go anywhere from there. It could be anything. <laughs> it, the, the extreme goofy movies sort of starts like Arrested Development season four because okay. Max is in college and then Goofy gets fired and has to go back to college and they end up becoming dorm mates. Okay, like that Melissa McCarthy movie. Yeah, okay. it's been done a couple times. It's been, it's been done a few times for sure, but. The other reason that this movie has been talked about is because it has been sort of reclaimed as like a movie for black nerds. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And there was like a whole essay about it by uh, Jordan Calhoun. It's called 20 Years Ago, A Goofy Movie Became the Blackest, Most Underrated Nerd Classic of All Time. (laughs) I, I, I see that. There probably wasn't a lot of... Black nerd classics at the time. Well, for sure. I think there was a real dearth of them. And yeah. it's I, obviously, I mean, not obviously because you can't see me, but maybe <laughs> you can tell by my voice. I'm a white guy. You're a white guy. When I watched this movie, I didn't have any sort of notion that... Yeah, that race is playing into this at all. No, but I think it's really interesting that people who perhaps it was meant for mm-hmm. saw it and picked up on it and, you know, championed this. Yeah, And he says that a big part of what makes it that is the inclusion of Tevin, it's either Campbell or Williams. Okay, (laughs) good. But he says if you listen to the lyrics of those songs, then it's all there. So this is this is directly from his from his essay. I love this. Okay, listen to the lyrics. Stand out above the crowd, even if I gotta shout out loud. Till mine is the only face you'll see. Gonna stand out till you notice me. White people may hear a love song, but stand out is about overcoming. I I thought that next line, white people, was part of the song. And I was like, oh, this is obviously. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is obviously. uh... White goofs. (laughs) White people may hear a love song, but stand out is about overcoming white supremacy and tackling the challenge of first generation high school graduates with college applications. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. A goofy movie had hidden messages to Negro youth. They never even knew. Thank you, Tevin. Thank you. That's from the essay. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, cool. He didn't use his last name, I just want to point out. <laughs> yeah. So he was in the same boat as you. Same boat. 
Sorry, same car going down a river. <laughs> there was an essay written on Noisy, which I think is one of those Vice sites, which referenced that earlier essay. It was titled, The Enduring Legacy of Disney's Black Millennial Classic, A Goofy Movie. Mm-hmm. And it sort of furthers the point by saying, aesthetically, the cultural references in the film are clear. From the female protagonist being a light-skinned girl named Roxanne to the white boy named Bobby, voiced by Polly Shore, mm. getting in just as much trouble as Max, but somehow feeling way less worried about his parents finding out. The world this movie called this home definitely felt familiar to young black boys and young black girls. Even the way the characters' clothes were drawn felt undeniably hip-hop. Max's oversized hoodie might as well have read Hillfigur across the front. A goofy movie was pretty much August Wilson's fences except with talking dogs and a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> I like that writer. That's great. Yeah. Of course, of course, as soon as he mentions Polly Shore and that dog, like, that dog was so much, like lighter than every other dog mm-hmm. it's it, i totally didn't see it but i you totally would if your race is being brought up every second of the day like well i mean also i think more if you just there aren't that many examples of you yeah. know cool black characters in culture i mean yeah, there yeah. are a few that are marketed specifically towards black use and then like for all animated sort of things like we don't really think about it i guess yeah but a character that is a talking dog, we might not assume that it has racial characteristics imbued in it, but there might be. But once there... you personify that that dog, it does. Yeah, right? like the hoodie, like all all that stuff. That's that's such yeah smart stuff to point out. It's great. Yeah, really makes me wonder about the races of the rest of the Disney characters. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's, we know that. Let, let's get into it. Let's <laughs> let's talk about Donald Duck and. Well, do you remember, like, we all read Mouse in Oh, my God, university. I was joking. Let's not get into it. <laughs> Why were, in that book, all the Jews were drawn as mice? All mm. the frogs were, all the French people drawn as frogs? Oh, my God. Walt Disney would hate that. I if, know. If Mickey Mouse was, oh my, because he's, he's like, a, you know, well-known. Notoriously kind of, anti-Semitic. Yeah. Yeah. So, so good on you, Mouse. Good on <laughs> On you, Mouse. But uh, you know, I thought that was I thought that was interesting about the Goofy movie. Uh, you know, the other thing I was sort of wondering about is now that Disney's in this era of fucking live action remaking everything. <laughs> when are they going to remake a Goofy movie? Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. get get like real talking dogs doing that <laughs> stuff. That'd be great. <laughs> well, they would CG it. Like they would take they would take like regular people, okay. and then they would like stretch out their faces oh my god no that's terrifying i would like to see this with keeping in mind that this is a black millennial classic we could have like idris elba as goofy michael b jordan as max goof okay it would be both a wire reunion and you're losing everyone (laughs) okay idris elba is goofy (laughs) arguably like the coolest like most attractive man in the world. You're going to play Goofy. Okay. Wait, you don't think that Goofy is cool and attractive? I uh That's what this movie's trying to say. You need to accept yourself and accept that Goofy is attractive. No, no. I think you have to accept that as, you know, Goofy, you're not attractive. <laughs> you're not cool. But that's okay. You know, that's the end. Goofy is like halfway through a roof shaking hands with, with Max's new girlfriend, you know? Right. It's okay to be Goofy. It's okay to be weird and and different, which is probably why it's, it's the millennial classic it is. Yeah. 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 So rewatching this movie – as you did, Blaine, what were your impressions? Because you didn't see this movie growing up. It didn't mean anything to you. No. What did you feel? I thought that, you know, coming at it from like a screenwriting perspective, I thought like the construction of it was really great that Goofy is, you look at the character of Goofy and what is he? He's embarrassing. He's the, a goof. He trips over everything and like who would that impact most? A teenage boy. For sure. Or a teenage girl, actually. Probably even more. Like, I remember visiting my cousins when I was a kid, and anything my cousin's dad did, they would just be like, oh my god, dad, stop, don't talk anymore. Like, it was, he was the embodiment of embarrassment for them. Yeah. And he tried to, like... I mean, I think some of that's hormones. Some of that, some of that's hormones. But, like, he just, I learned so much about how not to be, like, well, I, he tried to be such a good dad, 
bad, uh, but he'd try to like be cool like them, like Goofy does a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he'd try to be like, oh, is that guy over there skeevy? And, like trying to like, you know, be a teen girl with them. They'd be like, oh my God, dad, stop, shut up. Uh, so <laughs> I think that it's like a perfect construction of, of taking a character and being like, how, like, what do we do? How do we make a movie out of this character? And they did such a good job with that. The songs were a little lackluster. Whoa. You're uh, not talking about the Powerline songs, though, are well, you? No, the Powerline songs was pretty sweet. But yeah, I thought the kind of big musical numbers, they were all right, but they didn't have, they didn't feel like they had, like, the sweeping... Epicness, yeah, of the Golden Age Disney song, yeah, and you're you're all the the animation is beautiful. This is kind of like I don't know. It felt a little like they had new animators, or they they didn't they had a different. Well, this was I think was a different studio than the people who do the the big Disney classics. Though it felt like it. The director worked on all of those movies. His name is Kevin Lima. He was a character designer for Little Mermaid. He worked on the story for uh, I think Aladdin or The Lion King. Yeah, all of those movies. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, but it did it did kind of stand apart from those movies, Mm -hmm. which I think you know some people might think that's to its credit and. I thought the it did go into weird places like the Bigfoot thing, but I, I I really enjoyed it. I thought there was some really funny parts to it, and it was really emotional, like the the turning into your dad thing, the map thing. I thought all of that was uh was really good, yeah. and yeah, I yeah I thought it was really good. What about you, Rob? Yeah, I mean, I remember liking this movie when I was a kid, and I think for the most part it did actually hold up. There's a lot of, like, just sort of noisy sort of antics in the movie, which Mm -hmm. don't really play to me anymore. But even while they're having, like, emotional moments, they will be approaching a waterfall Mm -hmm. or something like that, which is kind of interesting and effective and I think it's interesting how they sort of like slip the story in there in a way where kids will still be you know visually drawn in yeah yeah and I think a lot of the stuff I don't think that the movie necessarily like emotionally connected with me the same way but I think a lot of things do still resonate Mm. like the father-son relationship the complicated nature of being a child and sometimes doing wrong things and not knowing how to get out of a situation like that right do you did you I I guess when you were a kid you probably saw it from Max's perspective a lot more but did you see it from Goofy's perspective a lot more this time for sure yeah Yeah. I gotta call my son (laughs) Uh, you didn't use the plural on that that's that's interesting (laughs) so the the case is going well yeah Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just trying so hard, and I don't really know exactly what it is like being a dad. I'm sure it's a lot more complicated than the Goofy movie would have to suggest. But to me, like it did resonate, and mm-hmm. you know, as a as an adult, like the sort of the complexity of the Goofy character is kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I definitely thought it was a rewatchable film. Hey, rewatchable. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> yeah. Some other things about this movie. <laughs> I like that the score was done by Carter Burwell, who's best known for working yeah. with like the Coens and Martin McDonough. Yeah. It's Charlie so, Kaufman. It's such a... It's, it's fucking a, dark. Seems like such a departure for him. Yeah. Also, one of the writers of this flick was... Uh, I just call it a flick. I'm sorry. It's it's fine. It's a joint, by the way. Okay. Yeah. One of the writers was Chris Matheson, who was the co-creator of Bill and Ted. Oh, nice. Yeah. I like it. You know, you get like lots of that good buddy chemistry. I think. Yeah, for sure. No phone booths. No phone booths. Yeah, unfortunately. That's that's all I got for the Goofy movie. Okay, sweet. <laughs> well, we really ran that in the ground. That's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, no. there's there's lots. It's complex. It is kind of a complex movie for a cartoon, and it does delve into a lot of, you know, fun, horrible topics, like thinking about me being a teen and disappointing my mom. Like, it made me think about that stuff, and yeah. I haven't thought about it in a long while. So thanks, Goofy Movie. Yeah, and now— keeping me up at night. I think we live in an age where we expect cartoon characters to have gritty or, you know, dark or, you know, like— complex journeys yeah but this was really ahead of its time in you know giving those characters like that really sort of realistic sort of and grounded conflict well it didn't take the world seriously but it took the characters seriously yeah and i think that's what made it resonate with so many people mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, you know. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that's rewatchability for this week. You can find us on Apple Podcasts where you can subscribe and please rate us there if mm-hmm. you like what you do. <laughs> <laughs> if not, put it in a bottle and throw it in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> you can also follow us on Facebook, like us on Twitter, and if you can't do any of those things, if you're not on social media, just tell your friends what podcast you're listening to and that you listen to Rewatchability. And if you have friends who bring up things about old movies, be like, you should listen to Rewatchability. It sounds like you would really like it. That would give you more time to uh, not talk about those things. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about the real things with your friends. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. You talk about episodes of Rewatchability with your friends. <laughs> oh, no. Did you catch that one on the Goofy movie? <laughs> It was not a perfect cast. (laughs) Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.